0: So today, I will conclude a series that we have been walking through at the 2.30 service. And the title of the series is Times and Seasons. And today I want to speak about Don't End Where You Started. My text will be taken from Esther chapter 4 verses 8 to 17 so let me read that text for you Esther chapter 4 verses 8 to 17 whether you're beginning oh sorry Mordecai from verse 8 Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her and command her to go to the king to beg his favour and plead with him on behalf of her people. And Hathak went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hathach and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law, to be put to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden sceptre, so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come into the king these thirty days. Verse 12, And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place but you and your father's house will perish and who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink um, for three days night or day I and my young women will also fast as you do then I will go to the king though it is against the law and if I perish I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him and so we're looking at the story of Queen Esther um, and this story took place um, 400 and something or so years before Christ The Book of Esther is found in between, or just after Nehemiah, although the timing of it was between the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. And the Jews were in exile. They were not in their own home or their own land. The Babylonian Empire had fallen, and now the central government was Persia. And so the jewels were under the rule of the Persians. But our first beginning. Now, if we look in the natural, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if you were born into grand things, what seems great, or if your beginning was less than desirable, none was perfect. For without Christ we all were born into sin and we all fell short of the glory of God. That means that our families are certainly not perfect and life seems to deal blows to each of us along the way. So we're not perfect and our beginning may have been less than perfect. But many of us listening today moved into a new time and a new season as we were privileged to have a second beginning. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So many of us listening and watching today, we have experienced a new life, a new beginning in Jesus Christ. So we won't end where we started originally, where we were born, but will we have already ended? Have we already stopped where we started on our spiritual journey? We know that the text, especially in verse 14, is a bit of a cliche text in Christendom. You know, maybe you've come for such a time as this. Oh, your moment could be now. Verse 14 is used and we can boost each other's egos, we can stroke each other's emotions. Yes, you're called for this time. And we give solid encouragement. We encourage you, seize the moment or seize the day, as the phrase Carpe Diem says. You're born for this time. But I say that anyone who will seize a moment, there's always a journey behind it. So, this afternoon, I'd like us to take the opportunity to reflect. Why don't you reflect on your own spiritual journey as we look at Esther's journey together? Because there's always a journey behind the moment that you're supposed to seize. So Esther's beginnings. She was born, as I said, into exile. Esther's parents died. I don't know from what, but she was without parents at a young age, and so she was adopted and brought up by her cousin. Reflection number one for us today. Where did your spiritual journey begin? Where were you at? Where were you at in life the day that you were born again? when you were suddenly awakened as you entered the Kingdom of God. Now, if you're not yet born again, perhaps you're reflecting on the natural circumstance you were born into. And perhaps this afternoon will give you an opportunity to reflect on what you hear, and what you've been hearing as you visit us week after week, and you're thinking about giving your life to Jesus Christ. But where were some of us when we were born again, when we were awakened to the kingdom of God? Me, in my life, I was into music. I um, was aspiring to be in the entertainment world if I could have chosen, although my parents were choosing different things for me. And I was enjoying being entertained at a concert that I was invited to. And that's where I became born again. Did my spiritual journey begin there? No. Even younger, I was watching a programme one Easter, Jesus of Nazareth, and there I began to hear the story of Jesus Christ. But did it really begin there, my journey? No. Even younger, my mother bought me a beautiful, small, blue King James Bible. I didn't understand it but it was a very special possession of mine. And I would say my spiritual journey began then and my desire to understand the Bible began then. So where did yours begin? Where were you at when Christ came into your life? So back to Esther. Esther did not stay with her family. She didn't choose to join the king's palace. Esther was taken. Esther was suddenly pulled from the security of her loving cousin, having overcome loss of her parents. Here again was a new trouble, a new problem, taken from the security of her family. She was pulled away from the life dreams and the ambitions that she may have had. And she was sent to a people who did not know her God nor the laws that she lived by. Strange things happening all of a sudden in her life. That suddenly reminds me of the little bit of sunshine that we've had over the weekend, and then the clouds this morning, and then the sudden burst of rain and the thunder that we could hear suddenly upon us almost from nowhere. So reflection number two you remember a time a situation when something happened to you that you didn't plan or you didn't choose remember we're reflecting now on our spiritual journey yes your natural journey was halted when you met the Lord your direction possibly was changed because I certainly didn't end up being an actress or a pop star or in the entertainment world So whatever you had planned to do perhaps has changed. Or the ministry area, once you were born again, that you felt you were being called to has been redirected and you're actually in something or doing something that you wouldn't have chosen for yourself. And you're questioning, is this where I'm supposed to be in my spiritual journey? And there are deeper things that I wouldn't dare to mention here and make them seem small, but deeper things that have happened and you were suddenly on a journey or in a place that you just did not choose for your life. Reflect on that for a moment, where you were, where you were born again, what stopped, what started, how you were redirected into where you might find yourself now. And so back to Esther, she finds herself in the palace where it is said she pleased the eunuch Haggai, or Haggai, and she won favor in the sight of all who saw her. So I was wondering why did Esther win favor? Was it her attitude? Was what was seen in her conduct good and drawing people to her? She had learned, the book of Esther tells us, from Mordecai to fear God and to execute his commands. So she was brought up as a God-fearing woman. Perhaps, therefore, she had an attitude that was different to others in the palace and great favour was upon her. Did they see her godliness? That of a captive not desiring to be there yet not complaining, yet conforming to her new life. So reflection number three, what about your journey? You're not where you think you should be. Perhaps you're in preparation like Esther, but you think you've been prepared enough and you think you're ready. How are you reacting? How are you living when you're in a place that you think, well, it's time for me to move on, I don't need to be here now, I'm ready. What's your thought life doing? Is it pleasing God? Or are you impatient? Are you waiting with hope on God? Or are you complaining inside, trying to find ways in your own strength to change your circumstances? Well, Esther's favour continued. It seems she was not moved by the riches and the things that she could have. Can you imagine that, taken from the life you had, and you end up in the palace of the king of that nation, with everything available to you? Riches, beautiful things. Yet we see, if you read the book of Esther, that Esther only took what the eunuch advised her to take. So you understand that Esther was among hundreds of women that were being prepared to meet the king, to go before the king. He was replacing Queen Vashti, who had sadly let him and his kingdom down and put his reputation at stake. And so his advisers had said, look for a new queen. We will bring you the fairest among women of the land. Esther was a Jew, but she kept that hidden. But here she is and she could have asked for anything, but what she says to the eunuch, you tell me what I need to prepare myself to go before the king. How many others would have said, well, I'll have a bit of that. Oh, I'll have that, never had that before. Oh, I want lots of that. Because their eyes have moved from that foundation of Jesus Christ. And instead is looking at the glorious things put before. Esther didn't seem to do that at all. Esther is described as discreet and as directed by Mordecai, obedient, even to the eunuch. So all of this puts Esther before the king and before God's favour. Her life is favoured and she earns the favour of the king and is chosen and she's made queen. Wow, she enters a luxurious life And does that change her? How is her behaviour? How does she treat the seven maids or so that were given her? Remember, she's been taught to fear God and to execute His commands. It's a good heritage that she's been given. Does it keep her in the palace? Or is she distracted by the things that are now surrounding her, by being served instead perhaps of serving? Reflection number four for you. Along your spiritual journey, have you been distracted? Have you stayed where you began because you're not where you planned to be? Well, I thought I would have been here by now, so I just won't bother. Well, I thought this was going to be what I was gonna do. I'll just give up. Are you distracted because where you think you should be, you're not? Has your attitude been one that has brought you favor? Has your attitude been something that has opened doors even though you are where you would perhaps rather not be? Have doors been opened before you because you're in obedience to God? Because on your spiritual journey, you are where he wants you to be. As I said in the beginning, we're not perfect. And in verse 13, we see that Esther was looking at the bigness of her circumstance briefly. As she says as for me I've not been called to come into the king these 30 days and you can't come before the king and live unless he holds up his scepter if you haven't got a pre-arrangement with him so there was a little bit of a moment where she's expressing this is the law of the land here I can't go if I go and the king doesn't accept me it's over for me She needed to be reminded not to forget her beginnings and her commitment to God when there was now a crisis. But this shows that Esther was ordinary and imperfect just like us. What was this crisis? That there was an edict out that all Jews who were found in that kingdom of Persia would be killed on a particular day. She sees the Jewish people outside the palace in sackcloth and ashes and mourning, and she inquires, find Mordecai and let me find out what's happening. She's still interested in what's going on with her people. She hasn't forgotten where she came from. Reflection number five for you. How have we reacted in our own times of crisis? Have we stepped back? Have we been cast down? Have we busied ourselves trying to do it in our own strength, trying to resolve issues, trying to solve problems in our own strength? Have we made decisions not to stand for God in the midst of it? Have we decided to compromise? Or perhaps, as Mordecai had said to um, Esther, if you stay silent, have we decided in a difficult situation just to stay silent and say nothing so that nobody knows? I, I remember um, some years back working for um, a director of a company and. Uh, He knew I was a Christian, I guess. Uh, and, and one uh, Monday morning, asked me what I did over the weekend. And, and I hesitated a little bit. And then I thought, well, I just need to tell him what I did. Um, and I said, oh, I was out with my local church, and we were on the streets giving the message of Jesus Christ. And his reaction was, Claude, death. I would be so embarrassed to do that on the streets. But I wasn't embarrassed to tell him who was working for him. It wasn't just Claudette, but it was Claudette who is a believer in Jesus Christ. And I was able to respond to him, but it's something that I enjoy doing and it's something I do because my life was changed. I didn't see him come to the Lord, but do we compromise? Do we stay silent? for convenience sake, when things are difficult, when things are being pushed at us, or we're being pushed at? Or do we make a decision to be like Esther is on this journey that we're continuing, not to be silent? Here's another thing. And it's so um, funny that Pastor Colin mentioned this this morning, I can't remember if it was in praying or in the preaching, but he talked about the fact that sometimes people can think that they are the only person who has all the knowledge and can do it all by themselves. And yet, some of us like to stand alone in difficulty rather than standing together. What I noticed here in Esther and the story of Esther, she wasn't alone. Yes, she had gone into this new world, into this palace of riches and a lifestyle that wasn't hers, that she hadn't grown up in. But she stayed connected. Mordecai, being an official of the palace, looked out for her. She had a connection with somebody else who could encourage her, who she could rely on. What she saw was his faith alive when he declared, relief and deliverance will arise from another place if you keep silent. That was a reminder that God was still at work. What an encouragement to her, the faith of Mordecai. She had support, she had encouragement. So reflection number six. What are you doing about being supported In your spiritual journey? Are you going it alone? Are you perhaps a cell leader who is struggling and you're not sure what to do next or where to go but you're keeping silent? Is there a struggle in your family situation and you think well I can't share it with anybody, I don't trust them, I can't open up and what will they think of me? And so you're trying to fight that battle alone. Esther could not have dealt with this situation alone and neither could Mordecai. Mordecai needed her and she needed the prayers of the Jewish people. Perhaps if some of you find yourself in situations where you think, let me just handle this, I'll be all right. No problem, I'll get through it. I've got God. Perhaps some of you should think about opening up to a cell leader and getting some support from cell colleagues, speaking to the pastoral care department. Others, you need friends, join a team. We're looking now for volunteers again in our church. Join a team and make some friends where you can fellowship and where you don't have to be alone in what you may be going through. It was an amazing connection the other day around the area of bereavement when somebody new came here and was able to be joined to somebody who's recently lost a relative. And there was this clicking that just took place straight away, a rapport. There's somebody in this church that will understand what I'm going through. So Esther was not alone and this gave her the courage uh, for her to take action. Esther takes up her responsibility. She jumps into action, and she gives Mordecai instructions as to how to prepare for the moment that she must go before the king. She's not exempt and she doesn't exempt herself from praying and fasting, even though she's in the king's palace and all the rich food is available to her. She herself must do what she's instructing others to do. And on top of that, the maids that are serving her, who knows whether they were believers or not, but they've got to do it with her, they've got to join with her. So a whole group of people, her nation, the Jews, would stand together with her and her handmaids so that they could change the future of their nation. Reflection number seven. In your journey, do you choose to fight alone or do you bring others with you? The Bible says there's wisdom in many counselors in Proverbs. And it doesn't mean you have to go about and tell everybody your whole business about everything all the time. But it does mean that if you has people that you can share things with, you'll get some wisdom in what to do in areas of your life. So let's not turn away from seeking help when we need help. Let's seek that help. Now, what does it take for Esther, or what takes place as Esther obeys and makes a stand? Everything turns around. It's a difficult situation. She says to Mordecai, I'll go before the king. If I die, I die. There is a point now where what matters is the future of her nation. What matters is not her life, but the lives of many which are at stake. She makes a stand. She goes before the king. He holds up his scepter, Esther. What is it that you want? What is it that you need? After a number of banquets, she tells him the need, which is that he has already set a seal over um, agreeing that every Jew should die in the land. The king can't undo the seal that he has set, but their three days of prayer and fasting and her bold faith to come before the king causes a new edict. And in later in chapter 8, you will see that the Jews are given permission to defend themselves on that day. And as they are permitted to do so, the Lord God himself fights for them. Hallelujah. They survive. What it does is it opens doors for the future. Esther's faithfulness opened the door to save her people opened the door later on, just some decades later, for Nehemiah, who was serving as an official in the king's court, to be able to go back out of exile and rebuild the walls that had broken down in Jerusalem. If she hadn't, would Nehemiah be released? Would there be a Jewish nation to rebuild a wall? if Esther hadn't seized that moment, if Esther hadn't understood the time and the season that she was in and the plan that God had for her. Reflection number eight. Is God calling you to do something that will affect the future? If he is, are you doing what you need to do? Preparing like Esther. She wasn't taken to the palace And then goes up to the king and is accepted she was taken to the palace and went through much preparation in oils and bathing and all sorts of things so that she might have favor is this still for you a time of preparation what's what's the last 16 months been about for the church on a whole We've heard so many different scenarios being spoken about why we've had to go through this and why the world is in pandemic and how it's changed the church. If it's changed the church, are we part of that change? Is God speaking to you in this time and in this season? And do you know what he's asking of you? It could be, wait, It could be prepare in this way. It could be step out of the boat and onto the water and begin to walk. But you must know what season you're in and what God is saying that you should do in this season. Well, I've been on the earth a long time. It's probably time for me to just sort of settle down and rest. Some of us may not be called to big world platforms. Some of us may not be called to lead a battlefield, to invent something new that takes the world by storm. Some of us might be, though. Some might be called to knock on the door of a neighbour and say, do you need something? And the effect of that changes a whole family changes a whole street, changes a whole community. It may seem a small thing to some of us when we're led of God to do something and yet it could lead to something spectacular. I remember in the network church in Slough where I was first serving and I remember a young man coming in and during the worship He seemed to be touched during the preaching. He seemed to be touched and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. I didn't know that he would become somebody who would enter Kensington Temple, join a a primary downline and and learn to evangelise. I didn't know that he would be someone that would win souls for Jesus Christ. But just being there, planting a church, giving a message, His life was touched and changed forever. And souls have been won. So we're fruit bearers by a small act that leads to a bigger act. It doesn't have to be the spectacular like um, Esther. But it does have to be that God is saying, this time, right now, in this season... Don't let what I want you to do pass you by. As I said, this could be a season where you're waiting on God in prayer. And it could be a season where you're studying and learning more of the word for your next season. Or it could be a season where it's time for action. How many times have we bypassed God's favor in a season we've not recognized because we stay where we started well i've always been in the worship team so that's what i'll just keep doing well i started off doing this so i'll I'll continue to do this but is god saying stay where you started or is he saying that there's more even worse we could carry the baggage of the past season into our current one and that will stop us from moving because we've still got baggage from yesterday and we've got to let it go. The Virgin Mary could have bypassed being the one who carried the Messiah within her had she missed God's plan for that season of her life, had she said no thanks Sometimes God's favour is seen in friendships and relationships, some unwanted relationships. In other words, I wouldn't choose you to be my friend or I wouldn't have chosen to be born in this family. That's not me saying that about my family. But sometimes it's of God. Would Esther have chosen a foreign man to marry and leave all she knew and all that she loved? She wouldn't have picked that. What about Ruth, who chose to go with her mother-in-law after the loss of her husband? But she wasn't looking for Boa. She obeyed her mother-in-law's instructions, and the physical lineage of Jesus Christ came out of that. Esther was unselfish in that time and season. Her life did not matter God's will mattered. And look at Joseph, who had been thrown aside by his brothers and ended up in Egypt. Joseph could have objected, oh, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. Joseph could have cried out, but instead he did not defend himself. He left everything in the hands of God during his imprisonment, during being forgotten in prison. That season of captivity was... A time where his attitude mattered, but that's what brought him back into victory and freedom and salvation also for the nation of Israel. Esther and Mordecai's faith looked outward to a nation in danger. They didn't allow their own fear to take over and make them selfish and disobedient. How's the reflection doing that you have been doing today on your spiritual journey? We mustn't allow what looks peculiar in our current season to make us stay where God doesn't want us. The season we're in now, we need to understand it, we need to accept what God is saying, and we need to do it. Who knows? But we may be in this place, Kensington Temple, right now, online watching right now, to make a difference, even when we can't see what our actions may bring in the future.